Look, our brains are great at lots of things, but remembering passwords is not one of them, especially not secure passwords. Let's free our brains from being password managers and get something way better. 1Password. One 1Password one keeps everything private and in sync across multiple devices. 1Password can't see the passwords or sensitive information you store in 1Password, so they can't use it, share it, or sell it, and neither can anyone else. I've been using 1Password for about 10 years now, and it's made my life so much easier, especially using it with Touch ID and Face ID. It's the first thing I install on any new phone, computer, or tablet I'm using for myself or my family. And all you have to remember is one strong account password that protects everything else your logins, your credit cards, secure notes, or the office Wi-Fi password. And I love that something I use to save me so many hours, I can't even count them all, is something you can try too. Right now, my listeners get a free two-week trial at onepassword.com slash beyond for your growing business. That's two free weeks at onepassword.com slash beyond. Don't let security slow your business down. Go to onepassword.com slash beyond. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where I talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I'm excited to bring to you a conversation I had with Andy Andrews. If you caught last week's episode, you know that we just revisited the previous time he's been on the show a while back. And this conversation is a brand new one where we talk about his brand new book, Just Jones, which is the third part in a trilogy of The Noticer, The Noticer Returns, and Just Jones. In last week's episode, we talked about The Noticer Returns and the character of Jones and the power of perspective. We're going to do that again, but take it even further this time with some lessons on the power power of thought and truth, especially believing the truth or knowing the truth about yourself. For those of you that have been fans of the Enneagram and self-discovery and self-awareness, this fits squarely in that realm when it comes to the power of thinking, the power of thought in the right direction and on the right things proper focus. That should sound familiar to everybody who's listened to this show before. We talk a lot about focus, but focusing on the right thing. All of these are things that I drew from the book as lessons for me, but I think there's going to be even more for you. So I'll get out of the way. You can listen to my conversation with Andy Andrews and then check out the book for yourself. So enjoy this conversation with Andy Andrews. Well, this week, it is my privilege to welcome back to the show, Andy Andrews. Andy, welcome back. Eric, thank you, buddy. It's an honor to be here. Yeah. So I, I said in pre-recording, I mean, it's been a while since the Noticer Returns came out, and that's the last time you were on the show. And I said, you know what? I need to refresh myself uh, in the world of the Noticer. Uh, I've read other books of yours, obviously, but that one was like, you know what? I need to get back into the the essence of the character of Jones before reading <laughs> this new one, Just Jones. And so that was actually really enjoyable for me to to listen back to our previous conversation. But uh, for people who've maybe never heard of your character, Jones, who who has a basis in real life, uh, yeah. let's maybe describe a little bit of that essence of him. I mean, you, you came out with The Noticer, The Noticer Returns, and now this is like, this is just Jones, the, tr- the, yeah. the third in the trilogy. Yep, yep. And it, it, it really started when I was 19 years old and my parents died. My, my uh, 
mom died of cancer. My dad was killed in a car accident, same year. So this was obviously a crazy time in my life. And I, I ended up, I, you know, made some bad choices and ended up literally homeless before that was even a word. You know, 35 years ago, nobody was talking about homeless people, but that wasn't a term anybody used. But I, I was uh, living under a pier and sleeping under a pier and in and out of people's garages, which is not safe or smart, but I did. And and I met uh, one night this old man, this like under my pier, scared me to death. And and his name was Jones. Uh, we we didn't call him Mr. Jones. Everybody just called him Jones. So we didn't really know where he was from. We didn't know, you know, he'd been out, in and out of town for years, but we didn't know where he went when he left and didn't know where he stayed while he was there. But uh you know, didn't know what was in the suitcase he carried around or how old he was. And and yet this was the first guy who ever like told me the truth about myself. I mean, he he became a a, a mentor to me, a, a confidant and and really uh, an amazing part of my life, a, a wisdom part of my life started me reading. He started so much of of what I have become for for better or for worse, and and yet this guy always seemed to be where somebody needed him, and so you know that first book came out, and and then it, it went literally all over the world. You know, it was a Good Morning America book, and and uh, a New York Times bestseller, and just in forty different languages, and and so it was a number of years before I I did the other one because it was a number of years before I saw him again, and so then it's been seven years since the second one, and so now I've, I think I've got the best story of all with this uh, third one, which is called Just Jones. I love that in a way he he just pops up randomly in places when not only you need him, but say other people need him. And that's what I think in a lot of ways, this one is about these other people that need him. You're kind of a almost a bystander in the story saying, yeah, I mean, you're you're watching him have that effect on other people more this time around than in the past when it's more of an impact on you uh, right. having a first person of his effect on you. Yeah. And so it's it's cool to be able to to watch that and kind of narrate that story, uh, and and it is you know it is uh, told in a in a story form, and the uh, you know the two major characters that uh, that Jones helps you know one is this twenty uh, seven year old young woman who is is doing well in life but ends up in like big trouble. She makes a couple of bad moves, <laughs> you know, and and ends up. In literally in big trouble, and so Jones is working with her on that, and and uh, own and and Jones opens of all things opens a five and ten cent store, which is kind of magical in itself, and and uh, she works there and gets to see some stuff, gives them an opportunity to talk, and that's where these peace conversations are happening every morning with the 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 table, the people have coffee around and. And then, of course, there's the the 13-year-old, which may be one of my favorite characters of all time. This uh, 13-year-old redheaded kid, his name's Oliver Sutherland, and uh, Ollie's pushing the book along because, you know, everybody likes this kid, but everybody thinks he's getting away with a lot. They just don't know what a lot is because nobody can catch him at anything. But, uh, you know, people are – the town is being pranked. There are pranks that are being played on the town, and they're escalating. 
And so the you know the book is 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 part laugh out loud. It's part mystery. It's it's um, cheerful and of course with the old man with Jones. There's always a lot of learning in it. I think one of the things that I really appreciate is, of course, you're not a an all the time fiction writer. But these are right. those those fiction books that you do. Of course, the, even in these fiction books, there's a lot of truth being told and even truthful uh, accounts, uh, you know, fictionalized to a point. Yeah. And, and I think that's a, a, a really interesting way to go about it because you're paying attention to the story. It seems to be becoming a trend in, quote, I'm not going to call this a business book, but in business books, lessons, books where you learn lessons while the characters are learning them too. Um, that's, that stands for a lot of books, actually. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. um, it seems to be becoming, I guess, talking in parables or, or, or coming out with, you know, overtly business, slightly, you know, lifestyle changing type books that are couched in fiction. You've been doing this for a while, though. The notice, I mean, the noticer was what back in, early 2000s sometime, wasn't it? Yeah. Or, and the, yeah. yeah. And the traveler's gift before yeah, that. Right. And, exactly. So, and so I, I, yeah, I do. I do believe that people get it it's so much easier and it's just so much easier. I, you know, one of the greatest uh, endorsements I ever got in my life, I forget who said it, but somebody said that even people who don't like to read like Andy Andrews books. <laughs> and and I, I think that's because of the story. You know, I had a, a, a college football coach. Well, I tell you who it was. It was Jim Tressel that uh, when Ohio State, uh, the team had done one of my books. He said, you know, we do uh, – we take one book and really, really dig deep into it every year. And he said they, they liked this book better than any we have ever done. And I, I didn't say it, but I'm thinking – coach you know it's a story they like it because it was a story and you know i think people in their lives eric i think people need you know i i talk to these people sometimes they go yeah i only read nonfiction, and and i'm like yeah okay that's fine but i yeah i feel that uh for people to really reach their potential uh you know in relationships in in business especially i i think that you need a blend of nonfiction and fiction because because the the nonfiction will give you facts but fiction will fire your imagination in a way that the facts never can and if you don't have the imagination to use those facts in a way that's different from the same way everybody else is receiving those facts then you're just kind of you know stuck on an equal plane with everybody else and so what i do is i i have fiction and nonfiction in the same book and it's it it confuses the publisher sometimes it it sometimes it confuses the the bestseller list i had uh uh one book came out and it was on the the new york times bestseller list in fiction and at the same time, it was on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list in nonfiction. <laughs> <laughs> same book. Yeah. Uh, it, it makes me think of, and this, it's a really long quote, so I'll just say the summary of the quote is uh, by C.S. Lewis. It has something to do with uh, getting past watchful dragons. Uh, you've probably heard of that phrase before yeah, when yeah, he's talking yeah. about it. He's, he basically is referring to, you know, people have inhibitions and... So they will they won't read a nonfiction book, but they'll read a fiction book because they will 
put their, you know, they'll suspend their disbelief for a moment and then exactly. they'll actually entertain ideas that way that maybe they wouldn't have if it was nonfiction. Right. And that's, you know, that's a lot of what, what Jones does in, in just Jones, you know, he, he, one of his quotes is, uh, you can't believe everything you think, mm-hmm. Yeah, which, you know, is, is basically an admonition to remember things change. And so the rules that you set in your life a few years ago were, you know, those were rules and boundaries based upon what you knew and understood at that time. And, you know, if you understand more and know more now, but you're operating with the same rules, then those rules are probably obsolete. And and in the book, he uses the example. He said, he said, you know, uh, uh, don't talk to strangers is a rule that is perfect for a period of time in your life. But wisdom should make that rule at some point obsolete. Yes, exactly. There's a certain point in time where that's no longer appropriate. In fact, it's almost detrimental that you still believe that rule. Right, right. And so so the same the same goes for so many things in our life and our business lives and our family lives. And there are just things that, that change. And so we have to flow with that change, obviously. I think that's one of the things that just continually surprises me. And I, I was really glad to revisit the world of Jones and or at least his world, the way he sees the world, his perspective. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, I think you refer to him as a walking, talking conundrum at some point in this book, which is exactly. totally true. And it's totally true. He he really does. Uh, it kind of hit me that way. Every time I'm around the old man, I always think. Oh, wow. It's because, you know, he had a habit of not being very tactful with me, I guess, because I could take it. And I remember uh, one time, I, and I think this is actually in the book where, you know, I, I am talking about something that happened years ago when he had first found me on the beach and I was washing boats with a bunch of guys and they kind of dared me to jump off the the tuna tower of a boat and jump over the dock into the next slip. And I, I came really close to disaster. I just, you know, I, I scraped my arm real badly, but I, I could have gotten killed. And, and I, you know, I'm hurting and I'm walking down the beach with Jones later. And I said, yeah, well, you know, things happen for a reason. Right. And he said, yeah, but sometimes that reason is because you were stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And I think that's that's true to the character in that basically, you know, you set this up early in this book for sure, where I don't know if it's that you say it or if someone else says it, but Jones basically that, that he never tells you what to do, but that he's and again, this is kind of where the noticer title comes from. He makes observations and but not only that he that he makes observations, he then makes you make observations by asking questions of you. Yeah, yeah. He draws it out. He he was, you know, this noticer thing, you know, he he says that, you know, when the, the talents were being passed out, he didn't get the cool ones. He can't run fast. He can't sing great. But he notices little things that make a difference in people's lives. And he he's the first one that I heard say, uh, you know, the quality of your answers will be determined by the quality of your questions. So, you know, he, he asks good questions, and they're questions designed 
to take somebody somewhere. And and so that's you know it's it I think it's fun to have a book that's fun to read that you are really seriously learning stuff. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's something that works so well, it basically feels like magic. For me, I'm thinking air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, definitely. Meeting-free Fridays. What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your own shop stage to the first real store stage, you don't have to just sell your own stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from brands you love and give your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Shopify also helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort. Thanks to Shopify magic, your AI powered all-star sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash beyond. Again, go to shopify.com slash beyond now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash beyond. It would be great to maybe without giving away too much of the plot points, uh, actually jump in on a couple of maybe moments or or i guess more than moments uh, moments of thought and process that that came out of the book for me that that kind of jumped off the page for me yeah tell me yeah um one of them is is right early on and it's in it's in jail and uh, we won't say who or why they're there but they're there they're in jail <laughs> and right. uh gotta tease it a little bit and uh the word focus and proper focus, in fact, comes up. And that hit me because the way that Jones describes focus and talks about the importance of it and that, you know, a lot of people these days, uh, I mean, I, I'm, this is a productivity show. We talk about focus a lot and, you know, focusing on the right things, et cetera. And uh, as somebody who has and is dealt with uh, ADHD in their life, no, I know that it's not about not having focus. It's about focusing on the right thing at the right time. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So yeah, that really stood out and to that, me. And that that is that is amazing. You know, because I because I know what you're talking about. Because what he he says is that you know a lot of people say they can't focus because they worry and they're just so worried. And and he said, well, worry is focus. Mm. It's just focusing on the wrong thing. 
Yeah. And that, and, and so, you know, we're recording this late in the, the year of 2020, where a lot of people have been focusing on worry this year. And that kind of hit me yeah. as a, I don't know, one part gut check, one part conviction that I have been focusing on worry instead of focusing on the proper things. Right. Right. So, uh, let's see something else that hit me again. It was just the fact the the way, you know, and this is, this is the intention of the book is to kind of go along a journey, not just with you, a character in the book or Jones, a character in the book, but the other characters, but to kind of go through this journey of self inquiry and ask myself the questions as Jones is asking the other characters, the questions, you right, know, right. Um, one that kind of felt right on the heels of the focus conversation was the 11th commandment. Would you love to explain what that means? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Jones says, I always thought that if Moses had had more time on the mountain, he would have come back with 11 and number 11 would have been thou shalt not kid thyself. He says more money has been lost and more time has been wasted with people kidding themselves than any other thing. And I, I'm with you. I love that. Thou shalt not kid thyself. The eleventh commandment. Yeah, I, I, that just hit me hard as well because it just made me think of it, it's almost a, um, a, you know, a parallel lesson to the proper focus in the sense that you know when we're kidding ourselves, you know, we're we're not being truthful. We're we are perpetuating internally a self fulfilling prophecy that probably something negative or even something positive. You know, we can kid ourselves and say we're the greatest and yeah. we're not. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we can go That's that right. route, right? Uh, but, you know, a lot of the times it's limiting belief, I think, uh, if, if, if I'm not. I agree. Yeah, know. I agree. So uh, to not kid myself anymore, I started to think to myself, you know, what does that mean? What does that mean for me? I know, you know, the character starts to go through that process of being truthful in all aspects of life as they move forward in in the conversation in that moment, but then throughout the rest of the book and the story, but I'm still hanging on that 11th commandment and thinking, what does that mean to not kid myself? You know, what beliefs do I have that are false in the positive or negative direction about myself or about life? And how can I kind of turn the ship? Right. And it ties right in with, with what he says about, you can't believe everything you think. Because, you know, I mean, have you have you ever known something? I mean, you knew it and you could argue it and you could win the argument every time. And then you found out six months later, a year later, eh, that wasn't exactly right. Or, you know, your information was incomplete. Well, of, of course, we've all done that. All right. Well, if you've ever done that, does the possibility exist that something you know now that your information might be incomplete. And you'd go, well, Andy, yes, of course, something I know now, my information could be incomplete. Okay, I I agree, but we don't really know what that is, do we? Or how many subjects that may cover. And so it's a a caution to constantly be aware of kidding yourself. You know, to constantly be aware of you can't believe everything you think just because you think it right now. Mm, yeah. I think the other thing that that then ties to is one of the other big lessons or 
I don't not necessarily a lesson, but maybe it is collectively that a lot of people have all together uh, in the book later in the book, and they're at the table, and it's the true or false moment. Uh, people that have read the book will know what I mean, but it's the moment we're talking about belief being currency and possible versus impossible things. Right. Right. So. And to, to take that, uh, to understand that, that, that what you do believe is the currency of your life and, and not to, not to spend it in the wrong direction. You know, to, I, I think the way Jones says it is he tells the guy, he says, you know, don't be spending your belief in the wrong direction and find out later in your life that everything that you really needed and wanted was on the shelf in another store. I, I think the other thing that hits me in that whole conversation is that, again, this idea of something being possible first versus impossible. And it's even, you know, I think Jones even literally says that sometimes um, a thing can seem impossible until it's actually done. Until it's actually done. Yeah. And, and you know, you, you think about even the modern examples of that. So many things uh, and, and, and normal things, right? I, I mean, I look around the room I'm in right now and the table, the chair, the microphone, the light, everything that you see was in somebody's imagination before it became reality. And you can bet that whatever it turned into, it was it was thought to be impossible by some group of people. Uh, it's it's almost become a cliche that the impossible becomes possible. We have so much evidence of that being something that was impossible and then became possible uh, all around us. We just take it for granted or don't even you know realize it. We have to shift our perspective. In other right, words, right, right. And that's and that perspective thing. I love how Jones explains that because that's a life changer. You know, if you if you ask most people, um, you know, what is perspective? Most people say, well, you know, it's how you see a thing. It's like, do you see the glass half full? Do you see the glass half empty? And Jones would say, well, that's true. It's just not the truth. It's not the foundation. It's not the whole truth uh, because it is how you see a thing. But more than that, it's how you choose to see it because the glass, you're choosing to see it as half empty. You're, you're choosing to see it as half full. The glass is what it is. I mean, you know, however you choose to see it, the level of water in that glass does not change. And so it's how you choose to see it, your perspective, that makes a difference about which road your life takes. I mean, think about what happens to glass half full people that we don't really like being around those kind of people. They don't get promotions. They, you know, we don't really want to hire somebody who's a glass half empty person. We don't, you know, it's like, it's like, do we have to go with them again? And, and, and yet glass half full people, they get promoted, they get opportunities, they get hired, they get, uh, you know, we, we, we follow them. Those are the people we want to as leaders. And so, you know, again, the glass, the level of liquid in the glass, it, it, it remains the same. But your perspective is yours. 
nobody can choose it for you. You have to choose it yourself. Your perspective is yours and, and it is what you choose. I even heard probably in the last week or two, uh, I, it, it was, I don't know where it was, but it, it hit me sideways in, in a good way where, uh, it was, it was a spin on this whole half glass, half empty or half full. And they said, actually, no matter how much water is in the glass, the remainder of the space in the glass is always also filled by air. So the glass is always full. <laughs> <laughs> and that too is a perspective, right? Yes. You know? So that's great. Yeah. So that's great. I, I just love this. I mean, I, I, I don't know how else to state it more clearly that this is just one. It's an enjoyable fiction book to read that number two keeps you guessing at where things are going, but, anticipating like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen here, much like the last two books. And with all the different characters moving around and talking and learning, and especially the way that you just see kind of Jones embodying this servant who is helping everybody in a way that they don't know they need, but he does. Right, uh, it's just right. truly uh, uplifting. And I really needed that. So Andy, thank you for that. Man, thank you. And anybody who who uh, gets this book in the in the month of September here, when this is out, I've got a special thing just for your listeners, Eric. Um, anybody who gets the book wherever you get it, just you know, uh, take a photograph of your receipt and send it to Andy at andyandrews.com. And I have a four hour um, series called Becoming a Noticer. And it's an intensive audio program about reinventing yourself and discovering purpose and perspective and how to recognize fertile ground. And anybody who gets this book, Just Jones, in the month of of September, I will give them that audio program free. Wow. So just, you know, just uh, photograph your receipt, send it to Andy at andyandrews.com, and we will send you the Becoming a Noticer audio series for free. That's perfect. And, and if people are listening to this while they're you know in the car or out on the go and don't have a moment to, to stop and take that down, I'll put that in the show notes uh, so awesome. that they can uh, you know come back to that. So go to the show notes for this episode, and you'll find that um, the, the link to the book as well as that generous offer from Andy and Andy, that's awesome. Thank you so much. I, I actually Absolutely. want to go through it myself <laughs> for that matter. Well, I will, I will make sure that it it is given to you absolutely right away, buddy. Awesome. Thank you yeah. so much. I'm honored to be on your show and appreciate your time. Yeah. Andy, it's been great talking with you yet again. And uh, I really feel like maybe I need to go through uh, a bunch more of the other books that you've put out there. It's been a while since I've read them. I need to pick them back up just like the classics. Thank you. Well, Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And just let's keep up with each other. And uh, again, I'm honored to be here with you. So thanks a bunch. Well, that's another podcast crossed off your podcast listening to-do list. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation with Andy Andrews. Again, don't forget to take advantage of Andy's offer by emailing him at his email address at andy at andyandrews.com, your receipt for the book, so you can get that free offer that he made. I don't know about you, but this isn't just talking about a book to me. This isn't just a fiction book. This isn't just a few lessons here and there. These are major milestone, like pivot points, timeline disrupting thought process nuggets 
that can make a huge difference for you. Trust me, these that came from this book, along with a few other things that I've been thinking about lately, are going to make a huge difference moving forward for me. And I hope that they can for you too as well, if you let that happen. If you enjoyed this conversation, I'd love for you to share it with somebody you know by hitting that share button in the podcast player app of choice that you're listening to it in. Or head on over to the show notes at beyondthetodolist.com. Thank you so much for sharing. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you next episode. Hey, thanks for listening to the end. If you're looking for a show to start helping you apply these productivity lessons on your business, check out Millionaire University. It's real lessons from real entrepreneurs teaching you what you need to know to improve your business or start one if you've been putting it off. It covers all aspects of business from starting marketing, growing, managing, and everything in between, wearing all the hats. And as an added bonus, I am conducting a number of those conversations, those interviews, so you'll fit right in. Again, that's Millionaire University. Just search for it in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast.